Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Weed and Grub. We are a podcast about weed and grub and food and sex and pop culture and uh, cheese sometimes. Uh, most Mostly cheese. A lot of cheese. <laughs> a lot of cheese. And uh, this episode, Beards, also. Yeah. It's a podcast about beards. Hot beards. Yeah. Do you want to get into it? Yes. Okay. Great. Okay. So we did a contest with Gentleman Swine, who launched, if you're listening to this today, they launched yesterday, January 29th. In Louisville, Kentucky. So, motherfucking congrats, gentlemen swine. Congratulations. And I think everyone, anytime you're listening to this, it's today, right? No matter oh. when you're listening to it. Oh, yeah, it is always today. <laughs> it's always today when you're listening to something. What time is it, man, right now? Yeah. Oh, my clock just says present. Oh, my God. We did a contest where people went to our Instagram, followed Gentleman Swine, followed us, and then named your beard. Yeah, it was so fun. I got a picture, uh, like a, a gif, a jif, however you say it, a rainbow sparkly beard jif, gif. You look great in a beard. Thank you. And we asked everybody to name your beard to win a $125 beard balm box from Gentleman Swine. To celebrate their launch. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Making my beard feel smooth. I no longer flake all over all of my shirts. Do you feel like you have an otter pelt on your face? I do. Mm-hmm. Smooth as an otter mm-hmm. and frisky as a fox. Can you crack an oyster on there? On my face? Yeah, on your beard if you feel like an otter. Yeah. Cool. Totally. All right. Yeah. I, I, I can control each individual hair. <gasps> and so I can get them almost like uh, almost like Dr. Doctor Strange's cape. I can use my beard and use individual hairs to crack a oyster open very easily. I'm going to have nightmares about that. (laughs) (laughs) When I go to kiss someone for the first time, my beard reaches out towards them and caresses their face and then pulls our lips together. Whoa. Yeah. Well, let's get into um, who won this contest. Yeah. Because we have a lot of favorites, but I think we both... 100% 100% agreed on uh, this contest's winner. Absolutely. Right. So do you want to read your, a couple of your faves first or second? Go back and forth. What's the order of operations? Uh, you start. Okay. Um, I'm going to be straight up. One of my favorite ones was Danny Danko, who was a guest on this very podcast. Uh, he called you the frisky alchemist. It's so good. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, I'll just rattle off a couple of my other favorite ones. Uh, ben Berkowitz called you Old Yeller, which hey. is okay. Not All right. F- All right. Come on now. <laughs> What are you going to do? Take me out behind the shed? Come on. Sad story. It's a happy beard. It's a very sad name for a very happy looking beard. Ben, you've been blocked. Yep. Yep. Um, I will say it wasn't a name for your beard, but the other one I really liked was the hillbilly wandering who said there once was a man with a beard. His face looked kind of weird, but some gentleman swine came right in on time and beautiful whiskers appeared. I mean, he wrote a limerick. Yeah. That's impressive. That is impressive. Mm -hmm. But it's not really a name for my beard. No. So what were your faves? Um, Oh, I loved just Henrietta um, from Gary RDZ. I also love the Liz. Lizard Wizard from Tree Dabs. Yeah. That's a really good one. Um, snake Oil. Very nice. Is a good one. Yeah. And uh, Rainbow Dabs. Duh. Of course. Which is great. Oh, Archie's got something to say about it. What was your favorite one, Archie? Archie hates children. Well, he hates neighbors because he feels like they're trying to get into my house. So he needs to like let them know they're not allowed. All right. That's a good dog. Um. I will also say Will Halas, uh, W Halas 3, Gandalf and the Stardust Supreme. 
Yeah. I love that. I'm going to be honest. That was my winner until I saw my winner. Oh, the last one I'll shout out uh, a little foreshadowing here is Ms. Jess Jones, who love who called it Mary and the Magical Techna Butter Dream Beard. That is pretty great. That's a top three for me. That sure is. Yeah. Our winner, though. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, wait. That's not a drum roll. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. In my head, I thought drum roll, and then I just didn't do one. Then you just said dun, 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 dun. <laughs> okay. I'll do the drum roll, and you want to announce it? Yep. Okay. Uh, the winner is Rev Valentine with Strainbow Bright. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, Rev Valentine. Oh, my gosh. Dun 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 Thanks for playing. <laughs> we have one more contest now, right? We do have one more contest. Okay. Really quick, uh, stream uh, 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 Rev Valentine. We will be tagging you on our social media and Gentleman Swine social media. And all we ask is that you DM us your address. And to keep the contest alive, I was going to ride a lime scooter or bird scooter to James's house to deliver the beard balm. You are going to Jules's place by riding two horses and standing on them to deliver the gift box for Grebla Gazette. How are we going to deliver this to Rev Valentine? Uh, tandem segue? Tandem segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, side by side or back to front one? Or oh, I was thinking human side by centipede. side. I was th- oh, weird. Well, if it was a human centipede, I would want to be the front. Just saying. But right. I was thinking side by side. Side by side centipede or mm-hmm. side by side segue. <laughs> side by side centipede. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whatever that looks like. Yeah. Okay. Segue this one. Okay. Awesome. Congratulations. And we do have one final contest to celebrate Gentleman Swine's launch. Yep. Do Check want- it out on our IG. And yeah. will you say what it is? I will say what it is. Okay. If your beard could smell like anything in the world, what would it be? Yeah. Yeah. Be gross. Be bold. Be weird. Be honest. Well, is the idea that we want we want people to say what they want their beard to smell like or what it just might smell like, like possible smells? Oh, I want it to get fantastic. Okay. Yeah. What you if you could choose anything in the world that your beard would smell like, what would it be? Well, what can you answer it? What would it be for you? Oh, I'm not going to give an answer. Oh. I'll give an answer on next episode. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to say anything and then have people be like, oh, you took mine. Can I say what mine would smell like? Oh, please. My beard, if I could have any smell in the world in my beard, would be um, roast chestnut um, cream crepes from Paris. Good God, yes. So fucking delicious and that smell just drifted into my brain and i was like that's one of the best smells in the world it kind of smells like have you ever smelled roasting peanuts on the street like those candy yeah new york and uh, it's a showstopper it's one of the best smells in the world but i can't have those because they're peanuts but there are these roast chestnut cream crepes that they make on the champs Elysees, and the smell is just so i can't even describe it but yeah you'd want it all the time in your face on your beard that's a great answer mm. okay all right well good contest our third and final contest to win a 125 and dollar beard box from gentlemen swine thanks Perfect. for playing everybody yeah thank you so much for playing and celebrate those guys they're amazing they have a great story they're a wonderful company just starting out and um if you have a beard their product is it yeah it is dynamite and i mean you might hear a mid-roll from them later but i just do want to stress that they give a portion of all their proceeds to uh recovery charities and addiction charities 
And uh, I only like fucking with places that have the goodness of their heart involved. And, and they're giving back. They're giving back. The Grubla Gazette. The Grubla Gazette, our news segment, powered yeah. by Word on the Tree. Yes. Uh, follow at Word on the Tree, and you can also sign up for the newsletter to be delivered into your email inbox every day, which is how I wake up. I check Word on the Tree for cannabis news from far and wide, and it's our new segment. Yes, where we talk about something in cannabis news. And Mary Jane, what's our story this week? So our story this week from Word on the Tree is that there is an L.A. doctor who is in trouble after prescribing marijuana to a four-year-old. What? Yeah. A four-year-old got uh, got a script? Yeah, he suggested that this uh, hyperactive four-year-old eat um, pot cookies, basically, and he's had his license revoked. So, so the story is, I'll get into it a little bit. So okay. there's a Hollywood physician... His name is Dr. William Eidelman. And, ex, um, ex doctor. Ex, well, <laughs> so he, in 2012, diagnosed this boy with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which is ADHD, right? And bipolar disorder, and then recommended um, medical marijuana to the kid. So this child had been brought to the doctor by his father because he was misbehaving in school. And the doctor who was, um, wrote a lot of medical marijuana recommendations for patients wrote to diagnose this child that he had ADHD and bipolar and he should try quote cannabis in small amounts in cookies that was his prescription and so anyway he's gotten in a lot of hot water for it the um, medical board has found him quote grossly negligent they have revoked his license and then a judge revoked the revocation they're pending a hearing in March but he's in he's in some pretty big trouble for recommending um, medical marijuana because this kid was acting up at school. I don't. Mm, okay. How do you feel about it? I'm really trying to wrap my head around it. Can yeah. we get some clarification on a couple things? Sure. He is in trouble for writing a prescription for weed for a four-year-old. Yes. With the American Medical Board, nothing cannabis board, but like American Medical Association or something more. The California Medical Board. The ca- so even though it's legal in California. Correct. He, him prescribing it for a four-year-old yes. is negligent. It is considered negligent by the California Medical Board because they feel that there's um, no benefit to prescribing cannabis for children. They Got don't it. recommend that you would prescribe cannabis to a four-year-old child. Okay. And um, the board's decision, so I'll quote, it says, tantrums alone do not support the diagnosis. And being agitated and having trouble sitting still could simply hint at a preschooler who is not happy to have driven so many miles to a doctor's appointment. And the board um, took into account that uh, the doctor had been previously punished for prescribing marijuana to several undercover investigators in 2000 and 2001. So it seems like he might be a little lax. He's sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... I, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around it because it's hard for me. One, all I can think about is a really cute little toddler walking into a dispensary with a script and being like, here, I'm here for my medical cookies. Well, there are children who legitimately do use cannabis oil to treat things. So that's the thing. I think that's where, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a gray area. You don't want to say like, you know, children cannot be treated by medical marijuana because there are plenty of seizures. Cases. Yes. All kinds of things mm-hmm. where like, right, that person, that uh, child who used oil to stop his seizures. Yeah. In BC? Uh, in the, the most recent one that was in the headlines was in the UK. UK, different letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, exactly. So the like I, I, I do understand that, and I can't get over the idea of an adorable little kid wearing uh, new Yeezys and, you know, a bit of a hype beast is how I'm picturing this four-year-old. Oh, okay. You know, standing in line behind me with, like, a rack of 20s buying uh, cannabis cookies for himself. 
and right. probably like but jokes aside i i i agree and i disagree i disagree because i grew up taking vitamins that didn't really do anything for me um i grew up misdiagnosed for a very long time for a bunch of different things sure right because at the end of the day Yes, I was a kid who was acting up and a little bit anxious, a lot of bit anxious mm. and um, difficult and um, uh, a fr- an only child for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and I'm going to be honest, like maybe a little bit of weed would have helped me just like have a little perspective. My problem with that is I don't know and I'm not, not informed enough to know what weed does to the undeveloped brain. And that's where I am very like suspicious and unsure unless you have something like seizures or you know anything a little bit more major than um adhd i i mean this also reminds me of so my brother works with um special school districts he's a uh he has his doctorate and it's in he works in special education and at and you know there are all these studies for kids with autism who do eat an edible mm. and it unlocks um it 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 like some of them are like trapped inside themselves sure. and it really unlocks them. Mm-hmm. It can help them be verbal and communicate better. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, this, there are studies and there are, um, what's, what's even the word I'm looking for? Positive. Sure. There's data to support data. that it is actually helpful that medical marijuana can help minors. Yes. For sure. And that's the reason that it's so important to legalize tax and regulate, right? So that we can do, do the clinical research that's needed to support this and then get all of the patients safe and fair access to the plant. So do you agree with this doctor getting his license taken away or not? Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I definitely agree that uh, it's great that this judge is sort of like suspended the revocation so that they're going to have a proper hearing in March. But it sounds like he wasn't really uh, coloring inside the lines there. You know, like if he's getting in trouble for writing medical marijuana recommendations left and right, then, you know, he, he, maybe does need to be censured but um yeah and i also don't know how i feel about things like adderall and ritalin and all of the other drugs that are prescribed and for adhd or misdiagnosed adhd yeah i'm i'm i mean i hate pills all around but i think that goes deeper into not trusting the pharmaceutical company Mm -hmm. than it actually does with knowledge about what really helps people well we do know i mean the the facts support that it's overprescribed that there are so many children out there right now who have been diagnosed with ADHD, hyperactivity, any of those things and you know that they're overprescribed and that there's not much room for a kid to just be hyper nowadays. That's true. But so. you know what, when I was teething when I was young, mm. um when my teeth were coming through my head mm-hmm. for the first time, mm-hmm. my parents used to rub whiskey all over my mouth. To Did they? N- yes. For real real? Guaranteed. Hmm. Yeah, because it numbed it. It got me a little bit, yeah, 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 and it calmed me down, and it was soothing. Okay. And so, you know, I'm just saying, like, I bet there's people out there who slip their kid, like, a little half of a crumb of a bite of a of an edible, and oh. it can, you know, just put them in a mood of, like, a chill mood. Mm, yeah, don't do that. No? <laughs> no, don't give your kids weed. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're in agreeance. Yeah, on that one, exactly. <laughs> don't yes, give your are. kids weed. Yep. Word. Word on the tree. (laughs) Speaking of weed, you want to get into our best buds before we get into this interview? Yes, please. And yeah, we have a guest this week. We got to get there. It's such a fun conversation. Yeah. Um, Before we uh, introduce our wonderful guest, I want to shout out one of my favorite people here in Los Angeles, uh, at Shoot People, uh, Caitlin Perry, who's an incredible photographer. We met doing a shoot for uh, High Times when I was working there. She came along to do an 
uh, editorial shoot. She shot Ty Dolla Sign. Oh, wow. She shot a wonderful um, singer named Chelsea Wolfe. She shot Loud Pack, if you're an EDM, the EDM duo Loud Pack. She's just a great photographer and a wonderful person and a wonderful friend. And I just um, wanted to, yeah, shout her out. Check her workout online. She covers a lot of music events. And um, she did that picture of us on our Instagram. Oh my God. Yes. Of the course. one of me pointing at you while you're blowing out smoke. Yeah. Yeah. And she also, I just did a shoot with her um, where I was like dressed up as Rosie the Riveter. Do you know that famous image of the woman with the strong arm? It was from the second world war. We Red bandana, you blue can do shirt. It. Yes, yes. I just did a shoot with her where I was dressed up like Rosie the Riveter and smoking a joint. So I'm excited to share those images. So she's at shootpeople underscore. And she's just really a fucking cool follow and a cool hang and a wonderful person. Talented photographer. Very talented photographer. Nice butt of the week. Yeah. My butt of the week. uh, We just mentioned her during our beard contest when she said Technobutter dream beard. Or I'm sorry, I'm butchering it, and all I want to do is celebrate you. Uh-huh. But it's uh, Jess Jones. Her Instagram is mx dot Jess Jones, and the first time we met was the first time I ever took a dab at the uh, Cannabis Cup, which is also the first time you and I met, which is also the first time Jen Bernstein and I met. And I have just really liked Jess for a really long time. Not only has she always been smoking and hanging and very active and talking with us, but I love her Instagram. It's so colorful, full of beautiful buds, and she's a really good hang. She was a nice person to smoke with because she can hold her stuff. She has a high tolerance, and she's really nice conversationalist. So I don't know. I'm just a fan of her as a person, and I just wanted to celebrate her. So Jess Jones, again, it's mx.jessjones is her Instagram, and her bio says SoCal Cannabis Advocate, Traveling Celiac, informal educator and she's certified to lead the osha 30-hour training which is also really cool oh osha yeah yeah that's safety in the workplace exactly yeah yeah so she's making the world a better place and she her she's one of those people who radiates kindness as does at shoot people caitlin these are two people who really radiate goodness and kindness they're just really good people yep exactly which yo speaking of oh my best friend in the world is our guest this week Fuck yes. Joel Hadley. Man. I've known him since kindergarten. He's been my best friend my whole life. We've been living in the same cities our whole lives. And uh, I'm so happy that he was finally free to do the podcast. And we had so much fun that we recorded this that you're going to hear now, this wonderful conversation. But we also recorded a mini, which we dropped first on Monday, about just pancakes and uh, data privacy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, which, by the way, before we get into this. All of your pancake opinions, I love them. Everyone from my brother who eats pancakes plain and with a touch of butter on them because he doesn't really like the texture of a soggy pancake to the people that he associates himself with who cut off a piece of pancake and then dip it in a ramekin of syrup with each bite. That's sociopathic. (laughs) <laughs> fucking crazy crazy i would take away his doctorate his pancake doctorate if i saw him eating like that we're, we're gonna revoke your pancake license <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly well speaking of miss jess jones she also wrote in and she said that we definitely missed a point because in our conversation we uh glossed over that pancakes are weak sauce she wrote without a salty pork side the best part of eating pancakes is using your bacon or sausage to wipe the excess syrup off your plate salty and sweet totally blew it absolutely forgot to mention any kind of swipe through the sauce after your pancakes are done yeah blew that and we also blew this is a tangent but i'm high um when kwow mentioned her favorite finger dust is cereal oh 
And she went into how, like, you know, the bottom of the bag where the fruity pebbles live. Yeah. That's the best finger dust. Best finger dust. My best finger dust then with that in mind would be Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Fucking Cinnamon Toast Crunch. All the way. Damn. If you argue with that, yeah, it's your mind. (laughs) It's the best. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) we are all over the place and all I'm trying to do is get to Joel. Let's get to Joel. Here we go. Okay. You guys are the best. Great. (laughs) Shout out Lowell Farms, by the way. Yeah. Getting us perfectly baked. And um, please rate and subscribe and leave comments and review. It makes such a difference for us to have you guys um, writing comments and reviewing. It just helps us reach more people and grow like we are all the time. Super fast. Thanks to you guys. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my best friend in the world, Mary Jane's new best friend. Yeah, pretty close. Real close. Best bud. Best bud, Joel Hadley. (laughs) What up, Joel Hadley? What's going on, Mike Glazer? How's it going today? Hey, Mary Jane. Hey. Uh, yeah, it's going great. It's going, I'm, I'm having some salmon with some friends. We just yeah. had some salmon. Salmon and kale. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, man. Is that a foreshadow? Yeah. Preheating the oven on the kale already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I like it. Before we get into kale conspiracies, um, which we will be getting into, people should know a little bit about you and like your background, how we all know each other. Add a little context mm. since we can't see your gorgeous face. So gorgeous. I took some glasses off. Yep. Mm-hmm. It felt sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've known Mike Glazer since we were we tykes, and we basically just watched the Animaniacs together and, and you know, referenced Adam Sandler, I guess, probably. When we were yes, little. a lot. Something like that. Yeah. They're me. all going to laugh at you. Oh, man. Amazing. I smoked weed in his backyard for the first time. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then ate all the, the Nutter Butters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you even own it or... I think you're no, just like, I, I don't know, know what happened at the time. Well, what I happened to all remember. them snacks from last night? <laughs> I saw. I think someone came in here and stole them all <laughs> Wait, and, and put the wrappers under the sofa. Was, <laughs> and you didn't fess up? You like... I ate all his Nutter Butters. And like, lied about it? I ate it? the rack. I ate the whole rack of Nutter Butters. So smart. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it was a good move. Wait, were they Nutter Butters or were they were those the ones like the... Uh, it was Nutter Butters because you had a whole like fishbowl-sized thing full of all Little Debbies from Star Crunch to Nutter Butter and oh, everything in dude. between. And I cleared out all the Nutter Butters and a couple of Star Crunch. So good. What? And I couldn't blame him for that because Nutter Butters are amazing and Star Crunch, just underrated. I don't know what a Nutter Butter is. Uh, You're allergic to peanuts. Yeah. What? Yo, yeah, so allergic. EpiPen, oh, anaphylaxis, yucky. Do you know how to use an, Epi- an EpiPen? Yeah. You put it in their heart. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, we've talked. Yeah. <laughs> we've talked about this, Mike. I've been like, yo, if we're together and I eat a peanut and I give you my EpiPen, don't don't do it in my heart. And he's like, in the Fleshy heart, right? Fleshy part of the thigh. <laughs> Fleshy part of the thigh, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, or your ass in a pinch. Yeah, that's a nice way of saying the fleshy part in the of the hole? thigh. Yeah. yeah, right in the asshole. <laughs> No, Mike, in my thigh. I'm trying to save lives. That's why I need these specifics. Not mine, clearly. <laughs> Not trying to save my life. Maybe Loki trying to kill me. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, fleshy part of the thigh. Oh, man. So I don't know what a Nutter Butter is. So every type of peanut, there's like... A, yeah. You can't... All of them. Mr. Peanut. Oh, man. Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Peanut. All the peanuts. Yep. Nutter Butters. Snickers. I've never had a... Um, Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Wait, can I be uh, every cliche asshole when you say I've never had a Snickers? Sure. All right, let's let's do this. You ready? Yep. Um, what about Snickers? No, I've never had a Snickers. You've never had a Snickers? <laughs> nope. <laughs> never. No. Do you get that a lot? Yeah, <laughs> I do. In fact, well, I kind of I was sent to the hospital by a Snickers once because um, I was in a 
scene. I was acting. Allie, you're in Ellie. No, 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 no. I was you. I was in a scene, an acting scene in theater school, and um, the guy that I was opposite, we had a kiss, and he had eaten a Snickers, and it sent me to the hospital because he kissed me right after he'd eaten a Snickers bar. So I've tasted one on someone else's lips, That's and ended nuts. up in the ER for that. Damn. Yeah. No wow. peanuts for me. Okay, Joel. What's the what's the assaulted joke? Uh. If I oh, had some, I got it. Two peanuts were walking down the street. One was assaulted. Yeah. Are you allergic to that joke? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well played. I was thinking like, give me like a salt shaker and a knife, like assault with a deadly weapon, something like that. But that was way off from salt, assaulting a peanut. And equally as good. Equally, even better because I've never heard it. So I, li- I like it. Uh, wait till way I better. tell my Canadian joke because I got one for you. Oh, fuck. I'm going to come back to that. I'm really excited about Whoa. it. Whoa. All right. Yeah. Well, we haven't said who you are. Oh, Apart oh yeah. from... I'm still I'm still me. I'm still Joel. Joel, Joel come on, man. Come on. I don't know. Unpack a little. Nothing too wild. I love being around creative, so I'm always uh, in the interesting place at the interesting time. I find so in this case, like glazed meets Mary Jane. So now I get to kick it with some weed and grub, or I could be in like a studio with some people making beats or music, which is really addictive. Like being around the creative process. So I find that I'm just in creative places because I like to create as well. So I would say. That's that's my my thing. I like to do a little bit of weird shit all the time, being around creatives, and then I happen to work in technology and like tech startups all the time. So that's that's that blah 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 bullshit side. And then the more fun side is creating stuff and being around people who create stuff. Yeah, and you're such a connector, man. Mm. You're that's such your gift. A, like the ultimate connector. Yes. It's very cool to watch you like work through a room and just make. By the time you've left the room, everyone's connected. It's fun. It's cool. Yeah, I would say that's definitely what, like one of the most enjoyable things about just being out with groups of friends realizing that somebody hasn't met somebody and it's like oh shit you guys are both dope as fuck how do you not know each other yet what and then they just talk for a while and then i'll sit back and sip on whatever i'm drinking or smoking or just kicking it and just be like that's the most enjoyable part because then you have worlds crossing that are dope but if they're not dope then you're trying to get in between them I was going to awesome. ask about that, actually. Like, are there certain connections that you're trying to sort of manage a little Hell bit where yeah. you're like, well, maybe you guys shouldn't <laughs> talk. Some people that just don't think it would get along well or you just know we're awkward around each other or will say something that's offensive. He's like, that person just does not have any filter and that person's super sensitive. Let me just at least introduce them and create a buffer or whatever. Just make it comfortable, but... A nut buffer. A nut oh. buffer. <laughs> the nutter buffer. Yeah. yeah. It is it. true. Where do you get that gift from, man? Because I, I, when I watch you work a room and connect everyone, like we're saying, like it's something, like it's in deep. Like that's not <laughs> something that you just like started doing on a Saturday and like you took to. Like that's something you were born with and then... Uh, what's the word? Maybe it's Maybelline. Mm. Yeah. No, but seriously, and the way that you deflect from it by saying jokes instead of trying to be real. You guys are both fucking We're mad both deflectors, like that. and it's so interesting <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. know both of you. Is that a thing? It's a shared trait, I All would right. say. You're both. Is that a thing? You just asked me a question. You didn't even admit to it. I don't know. You're like master. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I could, can you hear the like, pew? yeah it is it's bulletproof like you talk about you so that i can just listen and kick it yeah Yeah. accurate i don't know i I like to everybody likes to talk about themselves it is so true right and then you like to hear other people talk about themselves so who's got cool stories who's got stories i can take a little cherry pick a piece of knowledge or like an interesting fact or a story and add it to my my little plethora of cool random shit you know and i like to say plethora (laughs) great word (laughs) Um, yeah, but 
walking through a room and inter- introducing people, the whole the whole purpose is you want people to feel comfortable, and that's what it comes down to. Because if somebody's uncomfortable, then you're like, shit, you feel uncomfortable because you feel their uncomfort or I don't know how to, they project it and you feel it and then you project it or I don't know, it becomes contagious. So you want it to rather be comfort is contagious as well. So comfort is contagious. Yes, man. So lovely. And you're such an empath. I mean, that's such an empathic thing to actually, you know, be able to sort of like sense whether or not someone is uncomfortable and then care about it. Yeah. That's like, it's a two step process because some people might sense it and then be like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm just going to walk around. (laughs) I mean, I probably do too. Awkward, weird person. Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like too much though, where it's ridiculous and you're like, do you have everything you need? Do you have anything that you don't want? Can I, what can I remove from your life? Yeah. That's a like Marie Kondo type shit. Next level. No joy. Empathic. Hmm. Yeah. Oh shit. So well, you're an empath. Hmm. Both of you. I don't know that I am. I think I, you're think, very I, I think I have a good understanding of human condition, yeah. and I understand humans, and so I'm able to ask good questions hmm. and re- and try and relate with everyone. Like I think I have a good enough understanding of human beings that I can but I think get along empathic. with everybody. I mean, I'm not talking about empathic being like a warm fuzzy like you look like you give good hugs. Like I mean, empathic being literally like understanding how someone else works and then sort of like being able to relate to them because you understand it, you know? You know what's interesting about that? It's empathic as not sympathetic, but empathetic, you know? Damn. Like big difference between those two. Right. Most people don't realize. Yeah. Sympathetic is feeling sorry for someone and empathetic is feeling what they're feeling or trying to understand what they're feeling. Yeah. And then not like you've been through it so you can relate to them Mm -hmm. or you can't and you're trying to. There's yeah. the two differences. Sympathetic, right? Yeah, and sympathetic is just feeling sorry for them and taking pity on them. Oh, I just said sorry like a super Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the O was a lot longer. <laughs> like it's a it's a skinnier, longer O. It goes even above the R. It's Ooh. got a hockey stick above it. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, that's the <laughs> Instead of an umlaut. <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian umlaut. <laughs> sorry. I like that. <laughs> Can we talk one more thing about empath because I can't (laughs) let it go? Sure. Okay. When you say that, it makes me feel like it's like against my masculinity to like understand feelings and be okay with other people's feelings and relate to them because it makes me have my own feelings. And so when you say that, it immediately sends me into a triggering of like self-defensiveness. I think against that's it. So interesting. I'm actually just going to look up the definition of empath. Okay. Like the dictionary definition so that we can it's just the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Right. It makes me feel so vulnerable when you say that I get uncomfortable. Because it's feelings. Yes. And you don't want to have feelings? Uh well, I don't think that they are like as valuable as common sense. Uncommon sense. Uncommon sense, which is wrong. But that's what I tell myself, even though I go against that every moment of my life. You think the feelings and common sense are not linked? Exactly. That's so fucking crazy because they're completely linked. They're basically the same thing. Your common sense. Yeah. And feelings. Yeah. Are inextricably linked. I always think of common sense as like being rational and I never think of emotions as being rational. And so that's why I separate the two Hmm. because I'm like, oh, this emotion is not uh, it's not like calculated data that is factual. And so it's not rational. Because it's not data. Hmm. Is yeah. that making? It's really interesting yeah. to hear two men break down the 
difference between common sense and emotions as though they're like yeah as though they're not linked one and as a woman for me they're completely tied yes i think we're identifying like one of the major differences between the sexes or at least how we're societally um conditioned Mm. as men and women absolutely absolutely yeah this is really nice to talk about because i don't feel like we're both saying like one is bad and one is good but these are things that create bad problems right right like what, I'm not what saying are I'm the a, things that create Well, I'm like problem. not saying I'm a bad person. In fact, I think I'm a really good person. But I think my outlook is problematic when it comes to like the greater good of humanity. Hmm. And when you split it down the line between one is male and one is female, I'm like, ooh, I can like dig deep on what I just said and see why things are the way they are. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Like Glazer's saying common sense versus emotion, right? Yeah. 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 That makes sense to me. And that you like the empathic, the nature of being an empath makes you nervous because it, you feel like it, it's bring your feelings to the forefront. Yeah. Which threatens my masculinity. Mm. Interesting. Very. All right. Yeah. For me, there's never a time when I'm like, I am only using my rational brain. And then there are other times when I'm like, I'm just feeling now. Like it's always all of it. Do you feel like you shut parts of your brain off mm. sometimes and you're like, I am only being rational now. And then other times you're like, I'm going to allow myself to feel or no, what? Not for me. How does it work? No, I, it's almost like, um, so thanks to therapy, I, I'm really, I've gotten really like pridefully good at checking in with myself cool. with certain like habits or rituals, especially internal ones. And so it's that clocking of like you saying I'm empath, like I, I'm an empath, me feeling like a swell of pride and then clocking that. And then also the next thing out of my mouth is almost defensive. Like I see what I'm about to say before I say it finally. Wow. And then I'm able to hmm. check that and know that why I'm saying that is because I'm like feeling defensive or deflecting or any of those things. So it's all in this split second thing. But then it's also really important to me that I say it all out loud because I'm trying to work on all of this. And so the first moment when you said that I felt really good about it and I was like, Oh cool. I'm an empath. Like I'm, I understand people's feelings and I have them too. And a split second later it was like, shunk, you know? So yes. Wow. Yeah. 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 Fucking Damn. fascinating to hear that all broken down as it just happened. And they, thank you for sharing that whole breakdown. That was really fucking cool. Yeah. It's constant. Huh. It's not, it's not in like a chaotic way, but like, yeah, that's something that happens a lot. Great. It's nice. Yeah, it feels nice to have control and have a better understanding of yourself. I mean, yes. <laughs> were we all there, what a wonderful world it would be, right? Mm-hmm. Like Still check, trying to get onto that level. You check know yourself I mean? before you wreck yourself. That's what's respect up. yourself. <laughs> yes, shit. <laughs> That's what's up. I shouldn't have put a question mark on the end. <laughs> that was very like... Okay, Mary Jane. Check yourself before you... Hi, I'm Mary Jane. <laughs> check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Lest you neglect yourself. Lest you neglect yourself. Try mm. to respect yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all wearing robes. It's going to be yeah. great. We all look great. We yeah, drink we a vial... But like from a vial, I guess. <laughs> we all did. It was glowing. It was fun. Weird rituals. Yeah. yeah. Pre-pod. <laughs> you always drink it if it's glowing, right? Or smoke it. It's just like, it's glowing? Yeah. Yeah. It's either a demon or a genie. Yeah. So either way. <laughs> Win-win. Win-win. <laughs> Win-win. You mean I'm not me? Let's yeah. go. What? We've all seen Ghostbusters, you know. <laughs> demon or a genie if it's glowing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one or the other. What else is it going to be? Yeah. And also, you, who, if you don't drink that the rest of your life, you're going to be like, I should have drank that. Yeah. Mm. Why didn't I drink that glowing vial? I'm still here doing this. God. Mm. Yeah. If I, or the, You know, there's a third option. It could just be bioluminescence. Shout out Plankton. <laughs> so 
Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. It could be a demon <laughs> or a genie or, or glowing plankton. Is that a good game show? Shout out plankton? Oh, yeah. Shout out plankton. Is that a good game show? <laughs> Just guess different no, names of plankton. demon genie plankton. Demon, <laughs> demon genie or plankton. <laughs> And they just hold up different glowing things, and you just have to guess which one. Yeah, it's tiered. What's if, what? What happens if you get it wrong? Uh, demon. No, no, no. Like <laughs> you get demoned. Demoned as fuck. You've seen Ghostbusters. It's fun. Yeah. She looks great. She did. Her hair was great. Her skin was glowing. She was floating She's everywhere. Wearing that sexy dress. <laughs> so nice. Demons are awesome. They're good for your skin. Like you, the first thing you say to the demon is, "Where'd you get that dress?" <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? Shout Rick out Little Farms. Oh my God. Shout out Little Farms. Last time we did this a week ago, we started talking about. Is that when we started talking about Kale? Yes. All right. Mm. Mary Jane, mm. what are you eating? Oh, hi, Mike. Hey, sorry. I seem to have caught you while you were snacking. Mm. Oh, I'm just licking this um, icing off my fingers. I made cupcakes. Mm-mm. Wait a minute. Did you use the magical butter machine to make cupcakes? You know I did. Buttercream frosting. Oh my gosh, infused buttercream frosting? Yep. That's the beauty of the magical butter machine. You can make anything with it, whether it's butter, oil, tinctures, gummies, chocolates. It's literally a one-stop shop and one-button push to make anything you can imagine. It's perfect for the home chef to make edibles of all kinds. You will be very popular with your friends and it comes with everything you need. It comes with a Purify filter bag to strain your infusion and a silicone love glove. To Which help is you. what you were just sucking on. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to get your very own magical butter machine, go to magicalbutter.com and enter the promo code weedandgrub at checkout for $30 off. Yeah, for 30 bucks off. It's yeah. beautiful. Hey, can I get one of those cupcakes? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you. you. Give me $30, though. Mm, all right. <laughs> no, I'll share it with you. Yeah? It's for free. You're my friend. Thanks. You're welcome. Mmm. <laughs> Mary Jane. Yeah, Mike. I'm loving my beard right now. I've noticed that it's looking especially lush. Thank you. Yeah, smooth, sleek. Mm-hmm. It, it's healthier. It smells good. Thank you so much. Well, it's all because of Gentleman Swine Beard Balm. They just launched in Louisville, Kentucky. And not only are they a beard balm producer, but they also take proceeds from their sales and they give back to the recovery community because one of their founders is a recovering addict. That's amazing. They're a great company, great guys doing great things, and their beard balms are delicious. And your beard has never looked better. It's available at GentlemanSwine.com. Absolutely. And I would also say go to their Facebook page, Gentleman's Wine. These are good dudes doing good things for the right reasons. So I just want to say thank you for making my face happy and looking good. And to everyone else out there who might need a beard bump this is the one to get so to preface this kale thing we were talking about west wing yeah and how it just shows the way that information can be manipulated not only for profit but for power but for message you know and it's a it's it was cool to feel like i was seeing the inside of it so joel and i were talking about it and i started saying one of my cockamamie theories and I go yeah that's exactly how kale was created as a popular food group are you kidding me the only way kale was anything is because of exactly what the west wing is about and so I started coming up with a crazy theory you started piling on west wing style with how you would do it and that's what brings us here today because I think I know how kale was created without reading anything 
It's a hot take on kale. Hot take on kale. So really quick, just as a disclaimer, I don't know anything, but I think I'm right (laughs) about everything. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. Yeah. So like if you come at me with facts, then I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. This is just what I think. (laughs) Okay. That's just like your opinion, man. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So um, I... This is also going to be a little sloppy. It's going to go back and forth a bit as I fill in the gaps. So let's just see where it goes. Okay. If I was somebody in power and I understood the stock market and I understood how farming works on a commodity level, I would find somebody who has a ton of kale. By the way, kale's not popular yet. It ain't shit. Nobody knows about it. What year are we in? Let's say pre, pre-kale. pre Um <laughs> Let's say 1998. 1998. Okay. Okay. That's pre-kale, right? It's pre-internet. Shoot, that's 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 archaically pre-kale. That's super pre-kale. I think okay. kale became pre-kale popular like 20, five... 2012 and before. 2013 is the boom. Wow. <laughs> How the do kale you know? boom? Are you a kale nerd? <laughs> <laughs> Low-key kale nerd. Wow. Okay. So, 23, so you're in 20, 2010. Let's say I'm in 2010. Okay. Yeah. I'm in 2010. <laughs> kale booms 2013. Mm-hmm. So now we have our timeline for this theory. Cool. Love it. Okay, 2010. I'm a guy who's in a position of power. I'm not in like Washington, D.C. position of power. Like maybe I'm a senator in like a farm country or something like mm-hmm. that. But I have a keen business sense, okay? Let's say kale, I don't know where it's like where most of the crops come from, but let's just for the sake of it say Iowa, okay? Just for the hell of it because it's easy to remember. Gotcha. And I'm a senator in Iowa and all my people are like farming kale, but nobody's coming for it. It's too bitter. It's a little bit too, uh, uh, what's the word? Where it's like, you got to break it down too much. Fibrous? Fibrous. It's, it's, thank you. Well that done. is it. Yeah, it's a little too fibrous. And we're getting killed by the romains. We're getting killed by the icebergs. We're getting killed by spinach. <laughs> Nobody even is on spinach's tip yet. But we're getting killed by goddamn spinach. We're the last lettuce left. And so all I would do, what I would start finding people a little bit higher above me to whisper about this surplus of kale that you could sell on pennies on a dollar because it's not fucking moving. And then the whole thing is a PR marketing machine from that point on. And so I'll start there. Okay. Keep going? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good place to start. And keep going. Like, how do you end up fucking marketing it to the people? Okay, so here's next. So then it's a three-pronged process. Okay, wait first. Sorry to interrupt you. But I need to say, in 2010, where is kale in the world? It exists only at Pizza Hut as the bed of greens that every other green is presented on at the salad bar, right? this is where you can go deep in there. This is where you can really get deep and say this is like part of the marketing plan. Oh, okay. Right, like we we want to be a footnote in history as, as like, hey, we... We signed this deal as Pizza Hut to have this be the garnish of our salad bar. Right. You know, we were the biggest purveyor of of all things kale until 2013. That's crazy. Yeah, Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. And it was on the salad bar, not even to eat. And this as isn't something this isn't something that we're sort of like wondering about. This is an actual sort of it's like published thing. and reported fact that the kale in say 2010 was mostly a garnish on Pizza Hut salad bars. They were the biggest purchaser of kale worldwide. Think about that fucking Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Okay, that's their salad bar, this but is... not to eat salad. No, not to eat. Like it. as a decorative, like along with the ice chips and the lemon wedges. It's super and the leafy. Tongs. You know what kale looks like, yeah. and it holds up to the ice, right? Like it doesn't break down. You in put that kale ice. on ice. You put a pair of tongs on it. Great garnish. Yeah. Great, oh. great wedding buffet situation. Killing the game right now. Oh my god. <laughs> 
and then you slap a cape on it and now it's a superfood. <laughs> we'll you get know? to that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. That's yeah. a big part of the that, push. I did, did I just jump from 10, 2010 to 13 really fast? No, that was like that was around 2011 when it became a superfood. Oh. So here's what I think happened next. Okay. I think it's a three-prong approach. Prong yeah. number one Bit is by you... a radioactive spider. <laughs> <laughs> you got a prong number one for this senator in Iowa who is trying to put kale on the map, and he's a big global thinker. It's three prong approach. One, you reach somebody who has a big, powerful understanding of the stock market. You have somebody who is in power, more power, like a governor or something like that. Someone who's in power in the Midwest where it's coming up so that you can like link up with other crops and like start working together in tandem to really blow up the spot. And then the third one is through PR push slash hiring scientists to create fake studies. And I think those are the three parts of the fucking machine that put kale on the map. Yeah. I, the fake study thing makes a bunch of sense to me. Lobbyists, uh, lobbyists all day. Let me write a couple studies. Tell me, tell me that this thing isn't super. Yeah. And way more super than this because of this thing. Do you know how long of. you have to chew this for? That makes it extra super. <laughs> you know, the longer you have to chew something for, the more super it is. That's true. Yeah. Cow is a superfood. Oh, no. <laughs> but what you're saying is true. Like, because kale tastes like shit, it breaks down or it's too fibrous. You have to mm. chew it forever, but you call it a superfood. And now people have to just, people want to reckon with that. Yeah, well, I actually think kale is delicious, and we ate some tonight, and I thought it was yeah, pretty good with our delightful. salmon. You know, if you braise it, there are all sorts of great things you can yeah. do with it. You can, you know, juice it and drink it raw. You can and chip it. Yep, you can uh, fucking love a kale chip, a little mm. dust of salt, crispy mm. kale chip. It's all great, it's right? It's delicious. So I'm not like against not kale being bad. super I'm not popular. A kale hater here. No, no, I'm no, an no, no. For but it. but everything we're talking about are things that were learned by the American culture. They right. were not things that people were like raving about at any time. Like now, yeah, no, you're like the braised kale you made tonight with uh lemon and garlic, fucking delicious. Thanks. But it took what we're talking about to get there for me to like be on board with it. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about okay. how it got into the zeitgeist. So I agree with you though. So I did a little research. Okay. Before I tell you what I learned, are there other things that you want to get into? I'd like into to before go into deepness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the three prongs. So what one thing we were talking about is that what you got to do is you got to whisper in someone's ear about how they can manipulate their side of the conversation to make kale sound really popular. Mm -hmm. And to so like, let's say you've got that stock market dude who's able to really like work out farm culture and whisper to the rice people, the potato people, the corn people, the the turnip folks who are on the come up. Oh, big turnip. Big turnip is, is on the come up because root vegetables are coming into season and they got to push them. So they got to buy a bunch of studies that say that root vegetable is good for you. Restaurants need that so they can keep their margins right. It goes, you know, everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you've got that dude whispering in a stock, like a power playing stock guy's ear saying something like, I've got all this kale and it's either going to die or we're going to make a bunch of dude, money on it. probably the same guy who, who made Brussels sprouts big and brought those back because who 100%. fucking was eating Brussels sprouts? When did Brussels sprouts become a thing? Now they're everywhere. Some 2008 maybe? Kale wrapped Brussels sprouts well, probably a thing. I think mm -hmm. what happened was someone fried a Brussels sprout and they were like oh. These things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking try Chalky it. as fuck to eat but delightful. Yeah. Maybe? Well, and they smell like farts and they make your farts smell worse than farts. So, But I, I think they're delicious. I totally love a Brussels sprout. Fact. Yeah. Okay, so that's, right. so that's the one side. All right. The one side is you're whispering in the ear, and then he's telling all his power players, like, yo, we're going to push kale. We're going to make kale popular. We're going to get everybody we know 
to play on Kale. And this is like a three-year plan, right? So there's nothing illegal about it. They're just slowly changing the conversation yeah. as everything runs smoothly, knowing that in 2013, Kale's going to have a big boom if everyone plays their cards right. And all you were doing was like adjusting the conversation the way you need it to suit your needs. So I think that is the stock market side. Same with the governor side or that political player side, right? Because the economy is all about people who are working and putting and spending money because they're working and making money. And that's the whole economy. So you've got to have the governor on your side so that when the stock is cooking, the governor has that three-year plan. He's taking care of the farmers. The farmers are making sure their their <laughs> crops are right so that in three years, this can all pop off. See, this is why I completely disagree with you about conspiracy theories is because your belief in that would require everyone to work together as part of one huge system. And conspiracy theories are to make sense of chaos by tying everything together. Right. I don't think it's true at all because that would really require, like, what are you talking about? Farmers working in tandem with governors, working in tandem with, like, food boards, working in tandem with marketing agencies, working in tandem with fucking schools that are starting to serve it for lunch. It's too many moving parts. I don't fucking buy it at all. I've got the bow on top. It's So he said, like, the whole thing, and it's all whole, right? Everything's whole. It brings us this thing full circle, so... So Amazon, I'm going to bring Amazon into this. So, yeah, so here this we is, go. This is, yes. this, is where, this is where the Bezos happens. This is where it all went down. Oh my God, it's right? Jeff Bezos' fault? He's the one who probably pioneered this whole thing. This is why he's the wealthiest man in the world, and his, or, or the like, second wealthiest after his wife. Right? Oh, this is like, your hot take on fucking, oh, all right. man, Mrs. Bezos, give me a call, for <laughs> real. Uh, they're they're di- divorcing. What's the take? So the, the take is Whole Foods was purchased by Amazon, right? Amazon took over Whole Foods and Whole Foods, they made all their moves through Kale. Kale's the power play. So right, they they next leveled and they leveled up through through Kale. Whole Foods that expensive ass. Yep, cuz now they got the deal there where you get 10% off of your Prime member bringing it back to Prime mm-hmm. <laughs> subscription to Prime again. Yes. Amazon's taken over. So this is the whole power play by Jeff Bezos and Amazon to get that Whole Foods money all through Kale cuz Big Kale was the name of the game. There's totally like a six-year, six-year, seven-year plan. I they only, totally see that. Yeah, 2016 is when they like bought into Whole Foods or something. 2017. Fascinating. 2018. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and because I remember right around 2013, um, like People Magazine, Us Weekly, all of those, they would have that little side section of fear where it was like you're gonna age like shit unless you eat these foods, and that's when it was like blueberries. Avocados, acai, pomegranate, right? And it's like, who has a shitload of money? Oh, people who read this magazine who are like middle class, up in celebrity life, something like that, pop off on the Whole Foods Amazon tip. And now, like this Us Weekly article about superfoods Julia Roberts eat is also a low key advertisement to go shop at fucking Whole Foods. It's a wrap. Okay, I'm bursting because I have to tell you what I learned. So I looked up how kale became cool. And uh, there's an awesome article on Mind Body Green, which is like a wellness website. And um, hang on a second. Where is it? Before 2012, it says, rumor has it that the largest buyer of kale was Pizza Hut, right? So um, this writer was like, well, through my research, I wanted to find out who was profiting from kale becoming a big thing. And she writes... uh, it's not uncommon for fruits and vegetables to have public relations money behind them. And then she goes into how orange juice was actually created. I didn't fucking know this, but orange juice was created by an ad agency. Did you know this? I had no idea. So in 1907, the uh, ad agency Lord and Thomas to help the California Fruit Growers Exchange, they like there was an overabundance of oranges, and so they hired this ad agency to help them, and they created orange juice with the ad concept, which was like in quotes, it was like drink an orange. 
Wow. And that's how they got through their fucking surplus of Brilliant. orange. Yeah. Incredible. So, and then she also talks about this other woman who was um, the one who created the palm campaign that made pomegranates popular and like the, you know, pomegranate supplies shot through the roof and, you know, everyone bought stock in that company. So. Delicious drink. The kale situation, uh, basically there is a publicist named Oberon Sinclair who was hired by the American Kale Association in 2013 to make kale cool. (laughs) It was a publicist. And her whole campaign over the past several years has been fucking brilliant and viral and fucking worked. And this article breaks it down, like goes way, way deep into it. And the author's like, well, who's the American Kale Association? Who's behind that? Who's it? Is it governors and farmers? Is it politicians? Is it Jeff AKA? Bezos, a.k.a. the American Kale Association? Oh, shit. Who is behind the American Kale that? Association? And uh, well, who do you think? I think it's a like I said, I, I mean. I was using the senator as an example for the way the machine could shift. Mm -hmm. But the part that sticks out to me is like when you start buying ad space and you start hiring scientists to create fake studies, scientists in quotes, I don't want to like dismiss science and scientists, but you know what I'm saying. So I'm thinking that the American Kale Association is, I think what it is, is a marketing firm in like the home of kale. I think it's a marketing firm. Okay. What do you think, Joel? I'm thinking it's the Koch brothers. Ooh, oh. that's a great one. Next level shit. They're just making money off all the. They invested the in kale and then they created a marketing fucking group to yeah. like make kale popular. They monopolized it. Oh yeah. my god, that's such a brilliant call. <laughs> that's such a great answer. The Koch brothers are behind big kale. American Koch Brothers Association. Hey. Oh. All right. <laughs> it was the publicist herself. Yes. Oberon Sinclair, who's this genius PR person. Made up the American Kale Association. It's brilliant. That's incredible. <laughs> in this article on Mind Body Green, um, this reporter chases the whole thing down. And then they finally, after weeks of investigation, the mystery of the American Kale Association still plagued me. Shreds. Oberon and I had one more call, and I asked, "Are you behind the American Kale Association?" "Yes," she said simply. "Yeah, made it up." It's a great article. You should definitely read it. It's called "The Mis- The Strange Mystery of Who Made Kale Famous and Why" by Eve Turo on Mind Body Green. Yeah, publicist made it made it up. That's called incredible. It. Yeah, straight up. Call, I, did I call it? I don't I mean, know, but I think that's publicist. Well, something is. I think you. I think you did call it because it was an absolute conspiracy and 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 a marketing uh, ploy or you know fucking campaign or whatever. But you didn't like you're you're always. Um, your conspiracy theories go deeper than they, I think, actually are. Because yeah. there's too many moving parts in your story to actually make sense. All yeah. those people can't work together. We can't even get it fucking together to, like, have a working government in this country right now. Like, there's no way that any of those theories could work because it requires a bunch of people to all be in on it. And I just don't think that's really ever the case. Yeah. But she is, the co- the, she is like, the most powerful teller of underdog stories. Mm-hmm. Right? The publicist? Yes. Oberon like, Sinclair? It's like what underdog. What a name. Right? Oh my gosh. What a name. Yeah, right? I wonder what Oberon she's, I want to look Sinclair. up a picture of her. We'll have to put it on our IG. Yes. We'll find a Celebrate picture of Oberon Queen of Kale. So how do, you, yeah. how do you feel about, I love that. To me, that is like the most beautiful story I've ever heard. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. You don't find it creepy or weird or the fact that, you know. It's, that we're all that easily malleable? So manipulated. I mean, I like the Princess Bride as far as stories go, but I mean, this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's like Oberon Sinclair. She, she's kind of 
killed it for yeah. everybody. We all drink orange juice because of an like an overabundance of citrus in 1907. Yeah, that's, amazing. that's amazing. And we all eat kale because of one publicist who was like, hmm, I'm going to make this shit fucking popular. Yeah, I know how to do this. Beyond popular. So what's the next one? What can we make popular? What's the next vegetable that you're like, radishes they i feel like they've Ooh. tried with so many things radishes maybe i love a radish yeah buttered radish with a little sprinkle of salt on there mm-hmm. mm. they've tried with so many things which brings me this is a side note maybe oh no we can stay on what the next popular thing could be because i don't want to open up two cans of worms i'll open up a can of worms but, yeah, but i will but we but should come up think. with one food that's going to be the next like because yeah, there like, was there's I feel a like side. shard shard had no, its heyday but it didn't work can. out beets right? maybe beets beets have been up in the up in these guts for a minute I had them today. I love beets. Yeah, it, it's they're delicious. They're like yeah, dirt tomatoes. <laughs> they're so good. They are so good. Yeah, I'm always concerned when I poop after though. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Like pooping after you eat beets is just always alarming. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was which is why one? they really need PR. <laughs> yeah, they really do. It, it could just be called "You're Not Dying." <laughs> beats, yeah. beats. Yeah, that's great. Hey, well, don't worry about it. Yeah. Relax. You're fine. <laughs> uh, what about um, peas? Maybe cauliflower because of the keto diet has also become like crazy. Oh, popular. Like cauliflower cali- crust and the crust. Yeah. crust. yeah, and buffalo cauliflower. Yeah. Fucking delicious. The cauliflower is pretty, uh, pretty. It's having a variable. push. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what? What? I don't know. Peas. Sure. Maybe peas need their moment. Hmm. I think, you know what I think it's going to have to have its moment because I think most people are against it is like a cantaloupe or honeydew. Ugh. Honeydew. Hate it. Hate it, right? Hate it. I like the cantaloupe. You love that shit? It tastes like like a mannequin. Tastes like a candle. Yeah. A (laughs) A mannequin candle. A mannequin candle. (laughs) Yeah. No. Mm -mm. You like that? Mm -mm. Yeah, I like a good, a good... both of those, like a really fucking good honeydew, is delicious. But mm-hmm. you're so it's so rare and it's so plugged in as like the shitty. It's other, iceberg. It's, le- it's other. The iceberg lettuce of a fruit salad. It, it is. is. It is. It's super disappointing yeah. every time. But the one time that you get a really good bit of honeydew or cantaloupe, it's like that's the way like, it should be. It Why be is like it getting so such a misnomer? Because it's just got chucked in with like the rind. That's the problem. People are just throwing in rind. And they're not giving you the good stuff. You just want the guts. That's a good point. You just want that middle. No, but I don't. But you don't even <laughs> like the real deal? You don't even like a good no, cantaloupe? Man. Shit, it's whack. What? You know what? It tastes, well, like, it tastes like it doesn't know who it is. It's like in between flavor. Like it's almost flavor, but it's not flavor. It like needs to get some courage. It's like the norm core of the melon world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. What was your other can of worms? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, gluten. Oh. And lactose. Okay. I, I'm... Again, disclaimer, I'm not saying that people don't have a gluten intolerance or a gluten... I'm not saying that... I'm saying that people who have a problem with gluten definitely have a problem with gluten. Mm. Same with lactose intolerance. Same with all of that. I'm not saying that anybody doesn't have that. I'm saying, yeah, you probably do have that. But what I am saying more so is that I think that the farms and the pesticides and all of the chaos that we're doing damage to through the earth changed and mutated everything that we're used to and so they had to like pay for studies to put a spin on it and call it like oh yeah you have a gluten thing 
it's not us and it's not how we fucked up food for the past hundred years and now we're poisoning you. Mm. It's that you have an intolerance to it. So I'd stay away from it and buy this other thing that somebody else is Yeah, creating. why does it have to be an intolerance? Who fucking came up with that campaign? Was it like a fucking Klansman or some shit? Like somebody who was just hateful. Hate. Why does it got to be such an intolerant well, issue? Well, the, the intolerance thing, so I was actually diagnosed as being intolerant of something years ago when I was living in Montreal and I have a very serious food allergy. Like I know what it's like to truly be allergic to something and not to be able to tolerate it i can't eat a peanut mm. it will you know make me it's incredibly be a better sick. word for yeah. that though no but i no i am allergic though i'm not intolerant to peanuts Fair. i'm actually allergic to peanuts they sent me into an anaphylactic reaction i was diagnosed as being intolerant of citrus when i was working as a nanny in montreal and i was working for this woman who was all super mic mic uh, <laughs> magic <laughs> I was just trying to say macrobiotic, but I wanted to say like microbiological or something crazy. So anyway, she was macrobiotic. She ate a very strict diet and she had me feeding her kids a very, very strict diet. And she insisted on taking me to her homeopath and having me diagnosed. And I went into this homeopath's office and I held these two, like an e-meter kind of thing, like a Scientology, not that I've held an e-meter, but I imagine it's the same thing was basically what this woman had me holding were two rods connected to a machine. And she dropped a bunch of little vials in the machine and she did this reading on me. And then she was like, you're intolerant to citrus. Do you drink a lot of juice? And at the time I did, I loved grapefruit and orange juice. And I was like, yeah, I actually probably drink like a glass a day. And she diagnosed me as being intolerant to citrus and then sent me off with a prescription. And she, her, the session with her cost hundreds of dollars. And then she sent me off with a prescription for like a vitamin C supplement to replace my citrus intake. And it was a fucking crock of shit. I'm not intolerant to citrus at all. It was a complete lie. The vitamin C supplement that she prescribed me had citrus in it. So when I picked it up, I was like, none of this makes sense. Like... This is just a woman in an office with a machine diagnosing people in this fucking quackery. Like it didn't, it wasn't true. Well, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you that it wasn't true. That makes complete sense to me. But like the little bit of citrus, maybe I'm just devil's advocating. Could have been to help you wean off of it or like. No, I think she just tolerance. didn't actually know what she was doing. And I really do believe that she was a quack. And this is okay. a quack. And not to say that like I don't believe in homeopathy. I absolutely believe in holistic healing and homeopathy and like wellness that isn't mm. uh, doesn't have to do with Western medicine. I absolutely, absolutely believe in all of that. This woman was a fucking bullshit quack. Fuck yeah. Fuck her. Mm-hmm. Fuck her for taking she, advantage of you like well, that. Well, not of me. She took advantage of my the woman who I was working for because she mm. went to her weekly for weekly healing sessions. Oh, no. You know? And yeah, and I just really like that actually gave me a bad taste in my mouth for any of that kind of like holistic healing for a very long time until I learned that, you know, there is plenty of it out there that works and that you should try and incorporate it into your life. Mm. But uh, fuck that quack. Nothing like yeah. a good glass of grapefruit juice. Yeah. It's like when I remember I had uh, uh, some really bad stomach issues when I was in elementary school. And I remember looking back on it and he was like, oh, I'll give you some free samples of this medicine. See if it helps you. And now I'm looking back on that and being like, yo, I was like a guinea pig for some fucking study without even knowing about it. Heck yeah. Taking, taking free samples and being like, oh, thanks. Yeah, I think it, it will help because you gave it to me. It's fucking placebo it a, or it's real. Who knows? Oh whatever it is. And then and so. And that's Same so worth thinking about. Like, yeah. Like, so we're thinking about, did you guys just read the recent, like going on in on conspiracy theories? Did you read the recent article about how the family behind Oxycontin, I think it was so Purdue evil. Pharma. Uh, yeah. Well, did you read it? Yeah, I did. Can you break it down a little bit? Cause it was. Yeah. They manufactured the opioid crisis. Yeah. 
the family behind the, f- the pharmaceutical company that developed OxyContin gave money to suppress research on the opioid crisis and also gave money to, I guess, politicians who were vo- voting against legislation that would have like, well, put a cap on sense. it. Right? That makes sense to me. I mean, it's unfortunate, but that fucking makes sense. You know, it's think heartbreaking. Of, think it's about every one of those situations like tobacco, alcohol, any of those they try kale. to... Well, weed. Don't even get me weed. started about big kale. I mean, the reason into, that weed is weed. illegal oh, at all. Absolutely. You know? All of that is paid lobbyists until somebody else can get paid for it where they know that they can make the big dollars off it. They're like, fuck you until I can get paid. Fuck John Boehner. John Boehner, what a piece of shit. Now he's, he's on board for medical marijuana since he can make money off it, but he put people in jail for years because he couldn't acreage holdings we talked about him last week uh, on the pod because of uh, the news yeah. that they were trying to buy a cannabis ad spot in the super bowl mm-hmm. which is you know just another yeah and then they released the video anyway they did did you watch it i did how is it is uh, it really good no oh, well it's, not. it's it's a uh, it's a sarah mclaughlin commercial <laughs> Is there other sad dogs in cages with like? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. It's showing like it's it's um it's showing. Okay, you talk through it. Like, can you do a shot for shot of what it is, and I'll sing underneath it. Okay. Okay. Um, kid having a seizure in a close up, followed by the mother with a tear rolling down her cheek, followed by somebody saying something like "Legalize this now," followed by more. Mm-hmm. Awful, mm-hmm. tragic mm-hmm. photos of people who mm-hmm. all need cannabis. Mm-hmm. By the way, mm-hmm. we want a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Acreage holding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they should have run the spot. <laughs> oh, that's a good spot. It was a great guys. spot. It was a. It is like it's the kind of spot where whatever uh, whatever like uh, advertising firm like made it for them they're like i gotta tell you this tested through the roof um with this demographic and that's the demographic that really kind of votes on these things and this is what they love and this is like their kind of porn so uh we should definitely like use this because all the data says it's going to work it was just some guy in a boardroom going millennials (laughs) (laughs) i hate to say that though because i don't want to i have to preface this too i'm not trying to make light of because we've talked on here about um the kid who had seizures and they took his were they, did they take his uh, the tincture kid, away? The most recent one was in the UK, that kid who had actually traveled to Canada to get the cannabis oil that was treating yeah. his seizures, and they took his oil. It was oil that he was Jeez. being prescribed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was the recent big one in the headlines, but it happens oh. all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just don't want to be taken out of context We're not character. making fun of medical marijuana. We're making fun of the people who are trying to profit off it after they've been fucking putting people in jail for it and the hypocrisy of John Boehner and any other fucking douche getting on the fucking weed wagon now that it's becoming legal. Preach. That's what we're making fun Bars. of. Fuck yes. Yeah. Bars. <laughs> <laughs> Splash. <laughs> <laughs> so we all are kind of on the same page about this, right? Yeah. More or less. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's... Uh, the crazy thing is my brain doesn't want to think about it. My brain kind of slides off it whenever someone gets into conspiracy theories because I find them exhausting. Sure. Um, but it is definitely worth keeping in mind that, you know, generally if something has all of a sudden become popular, that there's probably someone profiting from that and there's a marketing campaign behind it. Yeah. And that if a drug is being overprescribed, that there's money behind that and people are fucking profiting from it. And it's just worth always remembering that. And I think that's what I find helpful when you get on your like conspiracy. High horse there's always, always money in the banana stand, Mary Jane. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, always money. <laughs> you did what to the banana stand? 
<laughs> Didn't he set it on fire? <laughs> yeah. For like insurance money? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's a good show. Oh, <laughs> fucking Arrested Development. There was $500,000 in the walls in the of the banana stand. Oh, my God. Can I tell you? <laughs> one of my dad's oldest friends just recently uh, wrote a letter uh, just kind of saying what was going on. He's 87 years old. And he was like, and he's very British. And he said, you know, life's like a banana. One moment it's in your hand and the next moment it's up your ass. <laughs> I was like, now every time I see a banana, I think of it. It's like, that's like life. So is everyone who listens to this. Uh-huh. Yeah. It sounds appealing. Oh, no. Dude's on fire tonight. Bars. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the that's the agenda Pause. I came in here with tonight was to uh, preach from a from a lifeguard stand a hundred feet in the air mm-hmm. about the dangers of swimming in the same water as everyone else. Yeah. So that's it. I just hate how everything is <laughs> at the end of the day. I know because I think everything we've said tonight it's the same it's the same playbook, sure. just in different hands, mm. and sure. that drives me. Crazy. Well, it is crazy making because you sort of want to be like, well, why don't you do something about it? But the only thing that you can really do, because it's so sort of like wide in its scope and prevalent, you know, prevalent and insidious in every part of the world, like there's someone behind everything, is just shut it out when you see it, right? That's all we can do. Well, you're like the one thing I learn a lot from you, Joel, is like how to do marketing in an intelligent way, and what what to do to try and like reach your goals within reason i mean i'm not that good at it otherwise i wouldn't be working for somebody else i would probably just be working for myself but i'm also lazy so there's those things you know like so but you're right i mean you look at it from like a branding perspective and if it's exclusive then you get like movado you know or some like i don't know brightling whoever the cool ass fucking brands are of the moment you get them who i've never heard of either of those brands Movado, movado beautiful watch yeah. Oh. And Breitling's also like a watch brand, like super fucking expensive or Birkin. You okay. Know, Birkin bags. Sure. You know, like get the fucking coolest of the cool and the nicest of the nice. Get nicest. a Gucci Merkin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what he said twice. <laughs> and then put some beard balm on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stroke that down. Stroke that little otter pelt. <laughs> that does sound really smooth. Uh-huh. Like the and MGM Merkin. Sick. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Supreme Merkin. I need a whole closet full of Merkins. <laughs> you guys, why isn't Supreme making Merkins yet? Why? Maybe they are. It's just you have to know about them. Oh, that is right? Ryan in that circle. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's like no, the insider yet. menu. <laughs> the in and out menu of Supreme is like yeah. Supreme condoms. Merkins, yeah, vibrators. <laughs> I bet it exists. It has to exist. It's like having your own vape, you know. Like you kind of have to know about it if you're really cool and you're a celebrity and you've like branded some vape. You have to be, you know. If you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, if you you gotta know. But if you know, for those who know, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. You're, you're cool. I might have a whole bunch of Merkins you guys don't know about. I don't know. No. What, what are Merkins, by the way? Oh. It's a pube toupee. Oh, it's a, a it's a wig for your pussy. Oh, or, or whatever for your Taint. genitalia. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere I put it on my chest, it's a clip on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're little wigs for your bits. Sally <laughs> Mergen, dude. I'd like to talk about music for a second with Joel Hadley. Cool. Let's talk about music. So you have a deep, expansive knowledge of music. Way more than that. I listen to one song until I'm tired of it, and then I start listening to a new song, oh. and that's real. 
Like you've seen me with the Uber aux cord, and I'm like, you want to hear this again? And it's like, yo, god damn it! But Why isn't that how good music goes? Like something that you think is the best at the moment, you just listen to that one song until you play it out. I agree with that. Like I think it's sort of the way that you, I used to buy one album and just listen to that, you know, over and, and then you find your one track, right? When it was when you, not streaming, you would just listen I, I to mean, that one Offspring, song. Offspring was that a self-esteem track? I bought that whole album for that one song and then fell in love with the album. Really? Yeah. What's so? What have you listened to lately? Lately, uh, that guy Buddy, I think I put you on to that guy from South Central, Fuck super yes. talented. Um, my buddy Keon, who I always plug because he's really talented, and he's going to be whatever this would be his year. Keon X I A N. Good luck spelling that unless you're like Chinese Shaun. Um, ah. His buddy Reason, who's also on TV. Reason is dope. Yeah, top dog. Yeah. Um. So those guys, they're coming up big time this year, but. And we were listening to that J. Cole song. Middle Child was good. Yep. Yeah, but I like that you're shouting out your people. Oh, got to. I mean, there are also people I fuck with. Like, I wouldn't if I didn't. You know what I mean? When you sent me that whole Buddy album, I listened to it that night at 2 in the morning, chopping onions and sautéing mushrooms. It was a real good album. That's fucking dope. I wish Buddy was my people. I just lumped him in there hoping, like, hey, you know, maybe somebody he knows is listening is like, hey, hey, you fuck with this guy? He says he fucks with you. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, Jaguar Twin, that dude that Jeff Ellis mixed, like that shit was fucking super positive on like a pop music tip. Yeah. Um, super into that. No Name, who's this cool girl from Absolutely. Chicago? She's super, super talented. Her flow is so original. Yeah. Yeah. And she can just sing. She can rap. She does whatever. Man, I'm into that. Her Tiny Desk is great, by the way. Yes. If you haven't seen No Name's Tiny Desk, highly recommended. Faux show. All right. Do we need to wrap up? I think so. Okay. Let's wrap up. Okay. Excuse me. Um, let's wrap up with uh, Joel. Any more plugs? Uh, off the top, I'll say uh, Lonnie Love, the homie DJ Lonnie Love. She's super cool. If you're into super dope people, specifically uh, music heads who like to put you onto cool music, Lonnie Love. She's the homie. We were all at that uh, bar lobby, that hotel lobby bar. Oh, yeah. Everbar. Everbar. She was spinning, and people were on the dance floor that you knew they had never been on a dance floor, but they couldn't help themselves. Oh, yeah. A man was like wearing gym shorts and sandals, <laughs> and he was on the dance floor having a great time. And you oh, were yeah. like, oh, wow, you are out of your element, but you are also in your fucking element. That's yep. great. Yeah, DJ she, Lonnie Love. She's the dopest, and she's also got real cool fashion and whatever. Like, you want a marketing expert, she's the beast. But, um, and her, her family's restaurant, Olak Restaurant. I've been trying to get us all to go there. We're going to have to do it sometimes. I can't wait. Like, Sounds legit. delicious. Shout out All Lynn. plant-based, right? Yeah, all plant-based, vegan, organic. Like uh, Lynn and Lonnie. Lynn manages that store, that restaurant. And their mom is like super passionate about locally sourced and organic and plant-based. And she just does incredible work. Yeah, I think the guy who's the main chef is, has a vow of silence he's taken for years. It's like fascinating dude. Chef Ido, um, I have I do have a vial of like his his essential oil smells that are awesome, pretty cool. Does it glow? We'll have to find out. That'll save that for the next pod. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. tune in next week. Spoiler yeah. alert: it totally glows. <laughs> Demon or genie? <laughs> do you have anything you want to plug, Mary Jane? 
Um, no, just this is no, I don't have anything to plug right now. Oh, I just actually, I did just write a Q&A with Christina Bicola, our friend who is a prominent New York cannabis attorney Ooh. who we interviewed on this podcast. And I just interviewed her for Dope Magazine. And that's up at dopemagazine.com. Um, I think it's called uh, Legal Marijuana in the Empire State, a Q&A with cannabis attorney Christina Bicola. And she's amazing. And you should follow her at, at CB Council. Uh, if you are interested in what's happening with legal weed, especially on the East Coast, she's a great follow. New York is on its way to legalization, and she is one of the forerunners, most expert people about it. Yeah. Follow uh, Christina Bucola at CB Council on Instagram and Twitter for updates about legalization in the Empire State, which is coming to you this year. New York and New Jersey are legalizing, hopefully. Congrats to everybody except Chris Christie. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Uh, for my plugs, uh, if you're listening to this on the day it drops, I have a show called Glazed at the Hollywood Improv on January 31st, tomorrow at 9.30. Um, there's going to be an ice sculpture carver there who's going to make a usable bong out of ice after she plays violin on stage. A couple other things. Shout out to Fred. He makes delicious cookies. Um, shout out to the Hollywood Improv for letting me do whatever I want. And shout out to Dr. Dabber for being the... F- only sponsor of the show and bringing in mad support and giving everyone a free t-shirt mm. and donating switches for charity mm. and just being an amazing company so thank you to dr dabber and thank you to everyone who comes out every month for glazed if you're listening to this and you're ever visiting los angeles dm us and if you're there during a glazed i'd love to give you some comps so that you can come enjoy it yourself so those yeah i think that's my only plugs is that it? Great. I think that's it. Awesome. Uh, please like and subscribe, right? Yeah, like and subscribe. Leave a comment. It really helps us um, get the, the you know more more ears on the pod. The more people that are rating, reviewing, and talking about us helps us, um, yeah, just grow, which is what we're doing really fast, and we're so excited about it. Thanks to you guys who listen and just are fun to play with. Thank you every mm-hmm. week for just tuning in. Yeah. Thank you for playing on our IG, but can I just add to the like and subscribe thing, Mary Jane? Do you mind? No. I just want to say, like, for real, leave a review on our iTunes. We've got the analytics and we know that a lot of people listen through the Apple podcast app. So if you want to, you know, stop working for a second and leave a review and leave five stars, that'd be all right. It Wouldn't really mind helps it. Us, yeah. It does really help us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, everybody, right? That's it. I think so. We have a Facebook page. Go like our Facebook page. It's super fun. We're posting recipes and videos and I think that's it now. Hashtag weed and grub. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, fuck yeah, Facebook. Oh yeah. Nice chicken fingers you made. Oh, thanks. Buffalo uh, chicken tenders with a Whole30 recipe. Mm. I'm doing my best, you know. We're just all doing the best we can. Yeah, we are. Bye, everybody. Bye. 